the seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we provide you breakthrough ideas, inspiring stories, and action steps that will help you transform your world. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to remind you that very soon we're launching a new experience called the Action Tribe Inner Circle, where every month I will invite an expert from the My 7 Chakras network to deliver a deep dive masterclass on a powerful topic. Some of the topics include uh, finding a purpose, raising your self-worth and strengthening your intuition. So if you're curious, if you're fascinated, then make sure you go to my7chakras.com forward slash wait list. Seven is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash wait list because we've got something super special in store for you. All right, so our special guest for today is an international speaker and management consultant as president of Livelihood, a management consulting firm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. He explores the deeper meaning of work and its contribution to society. The company's areas of service include strategic vision, corporate spirit, performance management, and creative leadership. Martin has worked with such organizations as the World Bank, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Southern California Edison, Virgin Records, Esso Petroleum, and London Life Insurance, helping them expand their outlook and position themselves for the future. Martin is a co-author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup, for the soul at work with over, guess what, 1 million copies sold and translation in over 24 languages. And his new book, which we're going to speak about today, is called Project Heaven on Earth. All right. The three simple questions that will help you change this world easily. So Action Tribe, please give a special round of applause for our guest for today, Martin Root. So Martin, are you ready to inspire? I'm ready to inspire AJ. That was a great introduction. I'm inspired <laughs> by you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And firstly, thanks a lot for writing this wonderful book, loads of inspiration and loads of stories and actionable steps as well so that people can in their own very way, uh, take those first initial steps towards a transformation. So firstly, what inspired you to write your latest book, um, Project Heaven on Earth? Well, I was going to do a speech uh, to a conference on spirituality and work. And I was in a room by myself, just meditating, thinking, and I thought, if every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, because if we could transform business, and business is the power, one of the powers in the world, if we could transform business, we could transform the world. And then, AJ, this thought popped into my mind, oh, you mean heaven on earth. And my first reaction was, what? You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say heaven on earth. People will think you're crazy. Uh, but the, I thought, well, but wait a minute. I can talk to you about hell on earth, can't I? Mm -hmm. That's an acceptable conversation. The political situations, economic, refugees, disasters, et cetera, et cetera. We can talk about that. So then why can't we talk about the kind of life and, and business and work, and family and nation and world that we want? And if we had our brothers, if we had a magic wand, wouldn't we want to have heaven on earth? And so that I, I was just intrigued by that idea. It really, I, I, it, it caught hold of me, you know, it really mm -hmm. caught a hold of me. And I, so I started going around asking people, what's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? I, I didn't want to come in and say, look, AJ, this is heaven on earth and you got to buy my definition. Probably. No, I really wanted to know what it was for you and what could I learn? And so the book came out of asking 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, what is heaven on earth? What is heaven on earth? How do you create heaven on earth? How do you experience heaven on earth? And I just would listen and listen and listen. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the book came from. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, obviously, this is a paradigm shift in thinking because you said, well, we're already speaking about hell on earth and we're experiencing it. And what if we create heaven on earth? And not just that, you got that glimpse of a, all that sliver of an idea, but you went outdoors and you asked people and you got their <laughs> feedback and got their input. And so in a way, you were co-creating this magnificent idea. But before we dive into that, I'm sort of curious about your own childhood how did things get started for you because you write that you were raised in hamilton ontario right so how was your childhood uh, and how how thing how did things get started <laughs> uh, well we, we need to add one other word which is canada for those people who don't know where hamilton, hamilton ontario, ontario canada yeah canada yes yes uh my parents were immigrants uh father from the ukraine mother from poland both jewish uh we didn't speak english at home we spoke yiddish I mean, very I would say lower middle class uh, upbringing. Father worked in a fruit store, a hardware store. Mm -hmm. Hamilton, for those who don't know, is a steel city. And in those days, a lot of refugees, immigrants from Europe, you know, it was just after the war, came uh, to Hamilton because they could get a good job of physical labor. They couldn't speak English very well. Mm -hmm. And so I was brought up in that kind of, uh, of milieu. And I think the most important factor was that my mother, I, I could always remember saying, you're going to go to college. Right. What I studied was up to me, but the possibility of not going to college was never, just never entered my mind. Wow. So your mother, in fact, was an influence or a positive yeah. influence who encouraged you to go to college. And I also remember that uh, as a result of your upbringing, because of so many different cultures that you were exposed to, you spoke many languages, right? Or at least you understood many languages. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, because because my father had this fruit. And so my father was an influence too, right. in the sense that he and his brother, my uncle, uh, operated a fruit store and okay. a hardware store in the east end of Canada, which was very, uh, you know, lots of immigrants from lots of around the world. So my father spoke not well, but eight to 10 languages. So I was always surrounded by different languages. And so I have this oral, you know, I could hear, I remember once I, I met this guy and I said, oh, you're from Scotland and Spain. And he went, what? How did you know that? I, I mean, I could hear it. I yeah. could, I could hear, Yeah. I can hear the sound of the language. I know generally where people are from. It's just an ability I have. So it's a way. And so what he taught me was that, that my wife says it beautifully. She says to me that I don't know the meaning of the word stranger. And, and I think that's accurate. And I don't know what that word means. Wonderful. That's that's a beautiful place to arrive in our uh, at the beginning of our interview, which is uh, you know uh, what is stranger, right? I mean, it's like uh, you don't need to know a language as long as you know uh, other things about the language in terms of how it sounds, and then. It's wonderful that you were able to say, okay, are you from Scotland? Uh, and so it's, uh, I guess, recognizing that uh, even though we might be from different uh, countries, there are some similarities and there are some yeah. strings which are uh, common to all of us human beings. Uh, now, at, at a certain point beyond your childhood, you decided to start a business, right? So what inspired you at that point to start a business? I was working for the federal government in Canada in health and welfare, and I, I mean, <laughs> I saw very clearly that I was not going to go anywhere in this okay. world. I just, it wasn't for me. And um, long story short, I met a guy in Northern Michigan who was uh, recently resigned as a vice president of a hospital mm -hmm. and had put together this program, he and his partner, uh, called oh, Lifestyle Management. Sorry, yeah. And he was talking about things like responsibility and commitment and uh, setting goals beyond what you believe possible, things that I'd never heard. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to my wife, I, I got to be with this guy. So I flew down to Chicago, took his course and said, look, Bob, I, I want to take this to Canada. And mm -hmm. I quit the government and started a, a business. And AJ, I knew nothing about mm -hmm. business. I mean, nothing okay <laughs> but i knew that this is what i wanted to do i mean it's a, a real entrepreneurial story you yeah. know you, you see a vision you see a product or a service and you go mm. that and you start running toward it 
Wow. I mean, it just reminds me that if you look at Noah, he didn't know how to build a, a, a ship, but he had that vision. And once you have a vision, and once it's strong enough, you can do whatever it takes in order to get there. So your story reminds me of, of that. Now, at a certain point, you had this. Let me, uh, let me just, what, what, one other yeah, thing, yeah. AJ, I, I yeah. just remember this guy, Manny yeah. Bather, when I was young in business, and he was yeah. a very wealthy businessman, much older than me. And I said, Manny, I don't know anything about business. What What is this thing, business? I know I want to offer this, this conceive of value. He yeah. said, all right, here's all you need to know. More money comes in yeah. than goes out. The rest you'll learn. And mm -hmm. I still remember that. That was just, oh, okay. Yeah. Simple, straight to the point, but so profound. I mean, really? these, some of these phrases that are shared maybe by mentors or advisors, a lot of things we forget, but some things we remember, right? I mean, it's uh, it's, it's it's profound it, and the it, more simple it, it is. <laughs> yes, and and he was speaking from from you know from years of experience. It was distilled right. wisdom. And he right. just went pop, and that was it. Right, right, right. Got it. And and uh, um, you know, moving on at a certain point in your life, you had this deeply spiritual experience, and you realized that you wanted to, like you've alluded earlier in this interview that you wanted to bring spirituality into business. So firstly, talk to us about uh, that experience. Where were you and, and what was happening in your life at that point? Uh, AJ, you just broke up a little. You mean the, the spiritual experience I had? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the point in your life where you had this epiphany or this realization that you, in fact, had to introduce spirituality into business. And yep. so my question is, you know, where were you at that point and, and what was happening in your life? Um, this was at the end of my time working in uh, for the federal government in okay. Canada and, yeah. and having met Bob. And I was, um, no, no, I'm sorry. No, I'd already been running my business. Okay, That's right. I had come back from uh, Hong Kong where I'd spoken twice over the last couple of years. And I'd been speaking at Harvard at the business school on vision and things were really going great. And then I went into this funk and it was like, you know, two pieces of wood just went and mm. I didn't know why. It wasn't the marriage. It wasn't my, my wife. I, everything was good in my life. So I didn't understand why. Mm. And I ended up at a, a Augustinian monastery north of Toronto and had this very profound experience, which was, it's about God. And this two little pieces of wood went click. So I came back to Toronto and said to people, I want to talk about spirituality and work. Now, this mm. was in the late 80s. Yeah, absolutely not. You can't talk about that. People will think, you know, <laughs> you're trying to shove up, you're proselytizing. This is spirituality. I'm going to shove this down your throat. Yeah. Everybody in Toronto said that to me, clients, okay. colleagues. Um, and then I went to Los Angeles and I met with a whole bunch of friends there, Jack Canfield, one of them, all of whom said, yeah, go for it. Mm. And that's when the little light went on and I, it's about my fear about speaking about spirituality and work. So I came back to Toronto and, and started working on it and, and discovered that the fear that people have about spirituality and work is that I have the answer and I'm going to proselytize, shove this answer down your throat, which wasn't true for me, but right. it was there over and over and over. And the idea that popped into my head one day very clearly was, what if spirituality is an inquiry, an ongoing question? <sighs> Right. rather than an answer. And as business people, we know what an inquiry is. So the inquiry we're in every day is, how do I make my business more successful? Right. Well, what, what if, if you choose, you, you just don't have to do this. What if you chose to also have an inquiry in your life called, what is spirituality for, at work for me? And, and, how do I, and once people saw that I was interested in how they saw it, mm -hmm. and, and in making this conversation about spirituality work permissible, then we were off to the races. I, I, I helped uh, catalyze conferences around the world. We set up a center for spirituality and the workplace at the Sobe School of Business in Halifax, mm -hmm. the first in Canada. And so it, it was all about getting this permission to have this conversation in the world. And it's the same thing about heaven on earth, is mm -hmm. having permission to talk about heaven on earth. And we'll go more into that, I'm, I'm sure. But that that was the genesis struck a point over here because through my conversations with people in my own group i've realized that people deep down they have this uh, yearning to find the truth uh, truth about uh, the meaning on 
on of their existence what is their purpose yeah. and more importantly what happens after this so they want to go on this quest but like you pointed out they don't want somebody to tell them that this is the truth or this is how it is or you you have to follow this and so what you did in effect was create a environment or asked the right questions so that they themselves could go on this wonderful quest of spirituality in the context of business because i think i think biz, uh, entrepreneurs are the most spiritual people who are able to manifest an idea from nothing to something and create these inventions and in companies so uh, that's wonderful that you took the step and obviously you were encouraged by your fellow uh, conscious entrepreneurs like jack canfield and people that you associated with who allowed you or inspired you to take that next step uh, so thanks a lot for sharing now a large Thank part you. of what you do at least these days is help organizations and people discover their stories and their narrative right and and with this book you, you want to now do things on a larger scale and help people collectively really identify what their story is and then make changes to shift their story so talk to us a bit about the power of story and and how it can really help transform this world yeah that's a, a very profound question aj um so what you also said in your introduction is that I was the co-author of the New York Times business bestseller Chicken Soup for the Soul yep. at Work, which is a book of 101 stories mm -hmm. about work. And we would go and we would do these storytelling sessions in the workplace. We'd tell some stories from the from the book. And then I would ask people in the audience, tell me your stories. What what do you value in your workplace? Mm -hmm. And so I began to see that stories are a way to store values. You know, if I say to you, um, AJ, you know, you need to be honest. You need to be honest. Okay. But if I say, AJ, let me tell you a story. Right. The moment I say those words, you're, oh, okay, Martin. And then the story has something about honesty in it. Yeah. It's more open to it. And mm. so when I started looking at the notion of heaven on earth, what I saw, go back, say, five or 10 years, AJ, and you would hear language like, the current story is not working. The current story is not working. We need a new story. We need a new story. But yeah. nobody, named that story. So if I said to you, AJ, our relationship is not working, it's not working, it's not working, after a while, neither of us would be interested. But if I said, AJ, our relationship isn't working, we need a new story, and here's the name of the new story. What if our right. of, of the story of our relationship is heaven on earth, mm -hmm. and you accepted that, yeah. now we've got something. So mm. what I was after in the sense of the story was, I have named it's my offering mm -hmm. naming this new story project heaven on earth right that we are if you choose aligning to co-create this new story of what it means to be a human mm -hmm. and what it means to be humanity namely heaven on earth mm -hmm. wonderful i mean i think a story is really powerful uh and i love the example that you give uh, in fact uh, saying something versus uh telling a story and then sort of like a moral it hits uh you know it, it's more impactful it's more influencing and as soon as you say let me tell you a story i was auto automatically leaning in and i think we exactly. as humans are you know uh, uh, evolved to absorb information through stories because we tend to not forget stories as easily as esoteric or abstract information and uh, naming the so story i love it let me add one more other point to that, which is yeah. what we have forgotten, I think, and what I and other people are, are starting to do now is to say, yeah. we can co-create the new story. So then the question is, so how do you create a new story? Yeah. And the answer is by declaration, by saying so. In the early days, people would say, well, how could you say our new stories have it on earth? Because I'm saying it, because I'm declaring it, mm. because I'm giving my word about this and asking you, Again, if you choose to also make that your story. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And, and, and diving a bit deeper, uh, what according to you is heaven on earth? And, and how can our listeners also understand what, what really heaven means for them? If you can elaborate on that a bit. I will, and I'm going to elaborate in a way that's not going to answer your question the way you asked me. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't want to give you... And because then you'll either agree or disagree with me. Rather, <laughs> what I would like to do is to have you give your answer. So if you're willing, AJ, we didn't set this up beforehand, but sure. there's three, the, the basis of my book, Project Heaven on Earth, yep. is three questions. Yep. And I'd like to ask 
ask you with permission these three questions and have your sure. listeners and viewers answer the same question. So can we jump yep. in here to do this? Yep. All right. AJ, recall a time, recall a time mm -hmm. when you experienced heaven on earth. What was mm -hmm. going on? Well, the last time I, um, I mean, I recognize multiple instances of heaven on earth, but one thing, and in fact, it's so uh, coincidental that I've been writing a lot these days in the morning, what, what brings me joy, what brings me happiness. But one thing for sure that it, to me is heaven on earth is where I can sit across with family and people in my community, maybe on a table and just have good food and have great conversation and make an environment where everyone gets an equal opportunity to express what ideas, thoughts, stories they have. So that for me is one version of heaven on earth. Now this interview is heaven on earth, but what would be even better if I could sit across you in person, <laughs> have coffee or tea, and then no, no, no. have that have Indian food. Indian, Indian food. food, Indian food. And you get wonderful Indian food in Vancouver. So, so that would be ideal, my heaven on earth, to answer your question. All right. So, and you, you, uh, you can bring to mind a time when you've done that. Yes. Okay. That, good. Second question. Okay. Yeah. Imagine, let me just pick over here for a second. Imagine yeah. you have a magic wand mm -hmm. and by waving this wand, yeah. you can have heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. What's heaven on earth for you? Heaven on earth would be to a find a yoga studio or maybe a healing center. And along the same lines, invite people who are of similar minds or similar belief systems or people who want to share a story or idea and just sit around and engage in conversation or facilitate a conversation. Where again, I think I need to stress the point, allow everyone an opportunity to speak. But because what tends to happen sometimes in a group environment, there are three to four people speaking and dominating the conversation. And that to me is not heaven on earth. To me, heaven on earth is where everyone gets an opportunity to speak. I just crave such experiences from the soul level to just be amongst uh, such energy. Very so clear. That I mean, I would do with a magic yeah. wand. <laughs> and the third question, mm -hmm. what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward? Uh, one step I could do is um, reach out to three to four friends of mine and just have a informal uh, evening to just to just talk. Very clear. So yeah. will you do that? I'm writing it down now. What you said is one thing I could do. And so I, I wanted to know, will you do that? I will do it. Yeah. Within the next 24 hours. Yes. All right. So let's go through these questions because you'll see the structure here. Okay. So question number one, recall you know, sitting uh, at a table with friends, with family, sharing, mm -hmm. everyone getting a sense of, of speaking, being heard. Yeah. That was your answer. Now, what you didn't do, AJ, mm -hmm. you didn't say Martin would have it on earth. What's in interesting to me, AJ, is that people simply answer that question. But mm -hmm. how could you answer that question if without knowing what I'm talking about. It's because mm -hmm. there's what I call an already knowing within you mm -hmm. that knows what heaven on earth is. And when I ask you that question, you go and you look, you scan your life and you go, oh, the time when I, and then you answer the question. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Two, the purpose of the magic wand is to remove the necessity of having to know how you're going to get it. Right. And if you don't have to know how, boom, yeah. you went right to it. Mm -hmm. The yoga studio, the sitting around, the talking, everybody gets a chance to talk and be heard. Yep. And then we're not just going to leave it at that. We're actually going to make it happen. Yep. How? Within 24 hours, you will reach out to three, a minimum of three friends mm -hmm. and invite them to, to begin to do that. That's the fa Let's call that the founding of your center. Yep. And then that becomes your contribution, a contribution by you to, have, to, to creating heaven on earth. Got it. That, that's a really, really um, good idea because it has the action part of it. It has the visualization part of it. And it's also allowing you to drop, look back into your memories. Because like you said, 
there's always this knowing within you uh, which i think is powerful now you also write in your book about certain roadblocks or obstacles or uh, challenges that tend to manifest whenever we embark on this project of our dreams so what is the purpose of these roadblocks and and how do we approach them so what i've learned from my consulting over years with people and their vision is that the bigger the vision yeah the bigger the roadblocks mm. and so not always but generally and so what people tend to do is make a smaller vision so they don't have to engage with a larger roadblock mm. but what i'm saying to you is no we want these larger visions uh, these larger visions yes and roadblocks to emerge things like i believe i can do it we've never had heaven on this before who am I to do it? I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm yeah. black, white, whatever. You know, it's Tuesday. Whatever reason you can come up with, um, mm. it, it's sacrilegious. It's uh, only God can create heaven on earth. Mm. Whatever, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole chapter in the book about all of these, what I call misbeliefs. And the reason they're misbeliefs is if we focus on them, yep. they become the brick, they become a brick wall. Yeah. If we focus on the vision, heaven on earth, that wall falls and becomes a brick roadway to getting there. So it's don't try to get rid of the roadblocks in the sense of, I will only go for very, very small goal because then there's no road. Go, yeah. go to heaven on earth, see what your roadblocks are, engage with them, mm -hmm. but make the focus on heaven on earth. Mm. Got it. So what do you focus on happens? And I think I'm I'm really trying to embody this also because uh, I've got certain visions and certain projects that like I'd like to embark on. And you know, sometimes like you've mentioned, obstacles seem to come. But what's amazing is that the larger the vision, the larger the obstacle. But like you've said, just focus on the end goal and, and just uh, keep taking action. And you also write about in your book about gateways, um, and you've encouraged your readers to choose a great gateway as their entry point into creating heaven on earth. So what are these gateways that you write about? So as I've interviewed people, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people about what's heaven on earth for you, what's heaven on earth for you, yeah. I began to see, AJ, patterns in the answers. And mm -hmm. these patterns kept repeating, repeating, repeating. So I finally said, ah, these are the gateways into heaven on earth. So like what? Well, like inner. There are people who say the more heaven on earth in here, in yep. me, the more it will show up in the world. So there's a whole mm -hmm. chapter on how do you get more of that within you or yep. get rid of the junk that's yep. not in a way. For others, it's living a value. My wife's value is joy. As she will bring, she walks into a room, joy is there. That's her value. Right. For others, it's, re it, it's relationship. Our relationship, AJ, is hell on earth, and I want it to be heaven on earth. Good. Right. What do I need to do to do that? Uh, another gateway is ending a suffering. For some yeah. people, heaven on earth is ending poverty, ending war, uh, mm -hmm. ending illiteracy. Institutions, what if the purpose, another gateway, what if the purpose of law, government, business mm -hmm. was to help co-create heaven on earth? What would that institution do? Mm -hmm. And then your nation. I have a woman, hopefully she's listening now, Elizabeth in Austria, and I asked her, what's, you know, for what's your heaven on earth project? And she said, oh, Austria is a heaven on earth nation. Mm. And I went, whoa, why mm. do you say that? And she said, because it's simple. So part mm. of what this is about is finding your simple. Mm -hmm. What is the simple action you can take that is simple to you yep. that you'll just take in the next 24 hours? So for you, it's phoning those minimum of three friends. Yep. Great. It's, I want you to start. And in fact, Elizabeth is watching. Uh, she had shared a comment earlier and she says, greetings from Austria to Martin. I'm not sure if she's watching. Uh, Elizabeth, if you're watching right now, please drop a comment and let us know that you're here. Guten <laughs> Nacht, Elizabeth. Danke. <laughs> she, she, you know, I'm glad she's watching. She really opened this this doorway for me. In right. this, when I told you, you know, we did this this uh, webinar and, and I said, what's your project? And she said, Austria is a heaven on earth nation. Mm. Why? Because it's simple. And I have told that story so many times yep. because it's, and she's a real, she's an angel of heaven on earth. She puts it out. She's taken the book, taken yeah. my book yeah. to the president of Austria. No way. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. What I like about your project is that it talks about something that can be huge, but it's 
simple as well. And there's a immediacy over there. 24 hours, take some kind of small step. Action Tribe, if you're listening, if you're watching, there are different ways in which you can explore or uh, take a gateway to your version of heaven on earth, whether it's your inner heaven because you recognize that the universe around you is just a mirror of what's happening inside of you, whether it's your relationships, you want to transform a relationship and make that your heaven on earth, whether it's your values, you want to recognize whatever value you really embody, whether it's joy or, or happiness or integrity, uh, or maybe it's something more larger, like you want to end global suffering, promote education, um, uh, end a certain type of disease, provide more education opportunities for people. And what we are re realizing over here is that 24 hours, whatever your version of heaven on earth is, you got to take some kind of some kind of action that will set the momentum for what you are going to create and manifest. So wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing, uh, Martin. Uh, now, when it comes to clarifying one's vision, um, you've sort of alluded to that, but I want to speak a bit more about this. You encourage people to use a magic wand because a magic wand, like you've said, it relieves you of the necessity of knowing how something will be achieved. You say you don't have to be constrained by knowing how something will get done. So talk to us about uh, this idea of not having to worry about the how because I can imagine some of our listeners going, if I don't worry about the how, how will I ever get there? I've got so many things working against me, my finances, my relationships, I don't have the right opportunity. So a little bit more, if you could talk to us about how not worrying about the how can actually help us get there. <laughs> it's because AJ, people are so concerned with how, especially yeah. if it's a large vision. Yeah. So here's this large vision, but I don't know how to do it because I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then that's the end of it. Or I'll only do those things that I know how to do. Okay. If you only do those things you know how to do, you'll consistently do what you know how to do. I'm asking you to step out and say, if using the magic wand again, what is it that you want? What's heaven mm -hmm. on earth for you? What's your vision? Mm -hmm. And then say, okay, now I'm clear because what is the first question? How is the second question? People get that mixed up. They think they have to answer how first. I need to know how I'm going to do it. Then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. In the arena of vision, in the arena of heaven on earth, it's backwards. You have mm -hmm. to answer the question, what do I want? And so what the magic wand exercise does is remove the necessity for having to know how. And if you don't have to know how for the moment, mm -hmm. You jump into the what, and so then the next question is, okay, so I now know what my vision is. I know what now know what heaven on earth is for me. Mm -hmm. So wh when I started this, for example, I yeah. had no idea how to do heaven. There was nothing. I, nobody knew. People thought I was crazy. Never mind, not even knowing how. Yeah. But all all I knew was, okay, here's the next tiny step. The next tiny step. The next tiny step. Okay. Those day after day after day after day after day momentum starts to build. And, and so far, what has been your most uh, inspiring or amazing heaven on, on earth project that you've seen so far? Is there anything that could give our listeners some idea or spark that uh, interest and curiosity in our listeners? Yeah, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, sure. Because I think I'm just, I pull, pulled some stuff out for you here to, to see. Sure. So one is, um, what Elizabeth is doing, very simple. One yep. in Austria, for her, one is a woman in Hawaii, who was in Hawaii, uh, Susan Alima Fryer. She embedded her definition of heaven on earth at the end of every email she sends out. So uh, she then she says at the end of every email, here's a magic wand, with it you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for you? Mm. And then she says, for me, heaven on earth is, and she answers it, simple. Mm. Out it goes with every email. So people in Kenya who created a little, you see that? Yep, yep. Little armband. So a woman here, I'm in Prince Edward Island, Canada at the moment. You see that? She created Heaven on Earth soap. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. A woman here as well, because there's a lot of people on, on Prince Edward Island who are into this. Can you see that? Heaven on Earth tea. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I love the packaging, by the way. <laughs> that's available. Lady Baker tea. Mm. Um, so here's okay. the same one who did the soap, created these little 
silver shells, pewter yeah. shells. You turn it around. Hmm. Nice. That's amazing. Um, more examples. A, a police officer in Lubbock, Texas, mm -hmm. created a 16-page manual called Heaven on Earth for Law Enforcement. A woman, a woman in uh, outside of Halifax, Canada, we were talking, one of the sufferings in the world, AJ, for her was violence against women. Okay. She came up with this idea called Making Change, in mm -hmm. which she asked people to donate a penny a day mm -hmm. to help end violence against women. And she took that to the government of Canada, who gave them, that organization, $100,000 for each of the subsequent three years. So well, I think what overall inspires me is when people resonate with this, the ideas that pop into their mind that they do. Mm -hmm. If you go to my website, projectheavenonearth.com, on yep. stories, there's like, I think, 63 different stories of what people are doing. Surely one of those will, will inspire you. So there you go, Action Tribe. The idea over here is to personalize this experience and create your own version of heaven on earth as we're learning there are so many different people whether you're creating soap or you're manufacturing tea or you're a police officer or you're somewhere in kenya or maybe you just want to empower women you have that your version of uh, heaven on earth project that is waiting for you to uh, manifest and create. Uh, now, Martin, I'm curious, I mean, you've accomplished so many things in your life. You've done consulting, you advised large companies, you've written you know, so many books, and you've inspired a movement of people around the world who are now empowered. They have that sense of possibility that change is in fact possible today. Yeah. So, so how do you go about uh, manifesting something that you really desire? Is there a routine that you engage on on a daily basis because i'm curious i, I want to get some of that uh, some so, some of that inspiration as well <laughs> um actually this idea also came from elizabeth in germany and okay. uh, excuse me in austria she has this idea of doing a meditation every okay. day at 7 p.m creating your own meditation at 7 p.m wherever you are in the world Okay. And so the meditation that our my wife and I do at 7 p.m. at night, and more recently we started to do it in the morning or, and sometimes during the day, mm -hmm. is we say, with love and thanks, we are, we are, excuse me, with love and thanks, we are experiencing heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. We are creating heaven on earth, and we are co-creating heaven on earth. So that's one thing we do. And then two years ago, I came up, with this idea that every single year I would write down at least three heaven on earth experiences. And why I love that, AJ, is because it made me look for it. Every day I had to write it down, three or more. And every so day. It's, okay. Every day. I mean, some days I'd miss a day and you know go yeah, back yeah. and write of it, course. but yeah. every day I wrote. Um, mm. And so what what's a ritual? that you can do daily that will inspire you. It could be with other people. So my wife and I do it. And when other people come to our home, here to our cottage, mm -hmm. we ask them if they'd like to be part of it as well. Um, and, and of course, I'm doing something every day, like podcasts. You know, I've done, I don't know, 90 podcasts in the last year, a little over a year, um, writing the book. You know, this is my life's purpose at this time. Well, thanks a lot for that wonderful inspiration what is that one action step that you'd like to recommend to listeners uh based on what you uh, you've shared so far uh, well a couple of things I, I i would really invite you to buy this book and can, by the way can you say what the title is because there's something about the title that's interesting project heaven on earth three simple questions that will help you change the world easily now there's another title Mm -hmm. AJ, project heaven on earth. Mm. Yeah, I, I read that. That's amazing. Ingenious. <laughs> that came from Richard Porter, a good friend of mine. Uh, okay. So I'm inviting you to buy three copies of the book. One for okay. you, mm -hmm. one for somebody right now in your life. Think of somebody who you know needs this. And one for somebody who's going to come into your life. You can also, it's available in my books on uh, Amazon. Also, sign up for my free course at projectheavenonearth.com. So projectheavenonearth.com online. 
uh, and you'll get a seven-day course, and you'll get a free blog. We want to do marinate you in heaven on earth, and, and look at it from all these different perspectives, and have guest columnists come in write about what heaven on earth is for them. Um, this Sunday, I'll have a little girl who's I think eleven or twelve years old, and I interviewed her. She's both at uh, she lives in Germany and in the U.S. She speaks German and U.S. Uh, American, and she answers my questions, and it's it's quite lovely. Um, so and oh, and I have another thing called the case for heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. If you buy twenty books, yep, send me the receipt. Mm -hmm. I will do a free one-hour webinar for you and your group. So that's just begun, and that's taken. I can't believe that's. I'm happy with that. Action Tribe. To access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash three four zero. That's my seven is a word. My7chakras.com forward slash Three, four, zero. Action Tribe, if you're enjoying today's session so far, especially if you're on your iPhone, then make sure you hit subscribe because that'll ensure that you don't miss out on any future episode release. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. I like it when a flower or a little tuft of grass grows through a crack in the concrete. It is so heroic now this is an amazing quote by george carlin action tribe strength isn't just intensive physical strength because usually an obstacle isn't overcome with just one attempt it takes multiple attempts it takes not giving up and it takes coming back again and again and again until the obstacle well it just gives in so don't feel that the only one uh, people with big biceps or shoulders are strong or heroic like we're finding out today even a small tuft of grass or a flower with the right approach, with the right mindset and resiliency can overcome that fierce force of concrete. So Martin, could you talk to us about one moment or one incident when you experienced a very difficult moment or uh, a challenge in your life and what steps did you sort of take to overcome that challenge? I'll tell you the challenge most recently that I've been, I've been up against, which is what I'm calling internet addiction. Okay. So worse, worse than heroin. I, I, I like to watch the news. Yep. And uh, I have a friend of mine who announced to me recently that um, she was an alcoholic. And she talked about her addiction to alcohol in the same way as I was seeing my, uh, my uh, addiction to the internet. Yep. And oh, AJ, that really was like a slap. Uh, it was like a punch in the gut. And since then, I've really begun to turn this ship. And um, I, I, I can see how hard it must be to, you know, if you're an addict to really like serious stuff, drugs, heroin, booze, I don't know, whatever, gambling, what that does to you mm -hmm. and how it, it closes you down and doesn't allow this your soul to express itself fully in the world. So I think that's the hardest, I'd say one of the hardest things that I've been uh, grappling with. Well, that's uh, really true. I mean, it's uh, quite fascinating. Something that uh, looks so innocent like our phones and social media can be very addictive. And it's true. Um, I've heard that when they research these apps, especially in Silicon Valley, they're studying the mind. They're studying what yes. sort of gets us addicted. How will we get that dopamine hit, especially every time we see a notification or send that email or we sort of crave to receive uh, these notifications. And like you've pointed out, it sort of brings us down and doesn't allow us to focus on what's more meaningful in life. I myself have tried to really reduce the amount of social media that I'm doing and more creation and less consumption. But it's so true. It's so profound. And I'm sure our listeners will get uh, get some insight into what they can do to, uh, to sort of overcome this uh, internet and social media addiction. Yeah, I, I think it's an issue that's arisen in society now. When, when you hear people in Silicon Valley who work there saying, I don't allow my children to go on right. the <laughs> And <laughs> you work in that business. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, so, thanks a lot for being vulnerable and, and in sharing your your challenge with us, Action Tribe. I hope you enjoyed today's session so far, and I hope that today's discussion has sparked some thoughts in your mind about uh, creating your heaven on earth project for the betterment of humanity or your own self, because we realize that the universe around us is a universe is a mirror of the universe within. It might be challenging. 
and there will be obstacles that you uh, run into but if you go beyond your limited thinking and make a commitment to working collectively towards bringing your project to life then no one can stop you that's what we're learning today now for this to happen you will need a lot of energy which means taking adequate rest healing yourself getting enough sleep and also ensuring that you have the right amount of nutrition food supplements superfoods and it also means spending more time in nature because like we're discovering nature has the cure and nature has the answers so make sure that you're matching your own rhythm with that of nature because just as henry uh, david thoreau once said live in each season as it passes breathe the air drink the drink taste the fruit and resign yourself to the influence of the earth so think about that for a moment and with that we are entering the last round for today which is called the wisdom round which has four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action so martin what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you i'm thinking of a guy named don i forgot his last name years ago when i worked for the federal government in canada uh and he'd been in the government he was about to retire soon and he said don't get stuck here and mm -hmm. it, it was like a slap in the face a loving slap in the face and i think that was part of the beginning of my process of leaving the government and, and uh going out on my own striking out on my own thanks a lot for sharing and if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead um who would it be You know who I would like to spend? Wow, that's a like a shot question. Moses. Okay. I would really like to talk to him about, you know, what was it like on the mountain, getting the message, coming down, hearing people not believing you, leading your people to the promised land. Um, that would be an amazing experience to, to, to be with him. Wonderful. And what is it one thing that you do in the morning or maybe um, in the evening before you sleep that has really improved the quality of your life? Uh, I, I do the affirmation, the heaven on earth affirmation. And I used to just do it uh, at 7 p.m. at night. And now when I wake up, mm -hmm. my wife's sleeping beside me, everything's quiet. And I do that three or four times. And it's just it sets the day up for me. Wonderful. I was actually looking for some ideas for evening routines because it seems like, especially these days, I've got a decent morning routine. I spend the first hour of the day, uh, 20 minutes movement, 20 minutes uh, uh, reflection, 20 minutes uh, some kind of reading. But I think your advice for that evening affirmations is something that I'm going to implement for sure. Well, well, I'll put, we'll put a link. I'll send you a link to that blog so okay. people can see the exact questions that I use. Perfect. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would it be? You know, when I saw that question, I was thinking, thinking, um, I got a book, it must have been like 50 years ago, okay. called I Am That. Mm. By, do you know the book? I've heard about that, but if you could uh, elaborate. Yeah, it's by Sri Nizagarata Maharaj, I Am That. Yeah. It is, I still have not finished reading that book. It is about pure consciousness i remember the first time i read i think like a sentence aj or two sentences mm. and i put it away for six months it was so strong so that i love reading his he is about pure consciousness so it's called i am that and, and other books by him wonderful this was actually recommended just a while back on our show and the fact that you are saying it again means that i need to uh, definitely check out that book thanks a lot for sharing action tribe would you like to receive your own book for free that's right because audible.com is offering all our listeners all the members of action tribe one free audio book with a 30-day trial so that you can try out this new way of consuming books which is listening to books instead of reading them so if you'd like to try out this new service then go to my seven chakras.com forward slash free book my seven chakras.com forward slash free book because they've got a huge library of uh, various books that will really really inspire you so that even if you're traveling you can just switch on your phone i mean press a button and start listening to these books now martin thank you so much for joining us on today's episode it was so uh, engaging inspiring 
you know, you sharing your stories, inspiring us with your wisdom, and also making it very simple, palatable, and actionable for all our listeners to start their own personalized um, heaven on earth projects. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you, AJ. Thanks. Great interview. Thank you. And before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online. You know what? I'm grateful for you because you did two things in this interview. One is you actually looked at my book, Thank you. <laughs> which may not sound like a great deal, but I, I, I won't speak about others. But you read, I mean, you, the questions were thought out before. Thank and you. I also felt you listening. I mean, you, you're not ready to jump to the second question immediately. You listen, reflect on that, and then that leads you to. So that's, that's a, a very rare talent. So thank you. Uh, what, what was your question? What do I like to, oh yeah, how can you find out more? Yeah. Projectheavenonearth.com, um, online, on Amazon, projectheavenonearth.com. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he's got the autographed copy. Yeah, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Oops, right here. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it. And now that I've got those two uh, kind words from you, my day is obviously going to be great. <laughs> Action Drive, uh, we'll have the links uh, up in the show notes um, so that you can get your own copy of this book because it's not just inspiring but it's very actionable. It's almost like a book plus a workbook. So you can, you know, jot your ideas down and, and hold yourself accountable. And, and really, you know, it might seem small right now that one action that you're going to take, but who knows within a couple of weeks, months, or even years, you'll have a whole moment uh, in front of you because of this one interview that you listen to. And when you do that, make sure you reach out to Martin and you share your story because that's going to be super inspiring. If you're on Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me so that I can share your story with our community. My handle is at my seven chakras, at my seven chakras. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and the other platforms. And if you're curious about our new project, Action Tribe Inner Circle, visit my seven chakras.com forward slash wait list, my seven chakras.com forward slash wait list. Martin, thank you so much for coming on our show, thank talking you. to us about creating heaven on earth and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com